Do you remember when you started your small business? It was no small feat. It took a lot of late nights, early mornings, and the occasional all-nighter. Bottom line, you've been insanely busy ever since. So why not make things a little easier? Our friends at FreshBooks have the solution. FreshBooks invoicing and accounting software is designed specifically for small business owners. It's simple, intuitive, and keeps you way more organized than a dusty shoebox filled with crumpled receipts. Create and send professional looking invoices in 30 seconds and then get them paid two times faster with automated online payments. File expenses even quicker and keep them perfectly organized for tax time. And the best part? FreshBooks grows alongside your business, so you always have the tools you need when you need them without ever having to learn the ins and outs of accounting. Join the 24 million people who've used FreshBooks. Try it free for 30 days, no catch and no credit card required. Go to freshbooks.com slash my taught you and enter my taught you in the how did you hear about a section to get started. Hey guys, this is my leak and this is the My Taught You podcast. Tonight is Wednesday, April 1st, and it's safe to say it's been a hell of a year. I sat down to write a newsletter last night and as I started thinking about what I wanted to say, I knew I needed to talk this all out in a podcast. So here we are. In addition to all that has gone on in the broader world, my personal world, my internal world has also been completely turned upside down. I knew 2020 was going to be an eventful year for me with the new baby coming. Um, I had moved my company into a new building at the very end of last year, and we've spent all of 2020 getting the place up and running. I needed to buy a new house because my current house doesn't accommodate two babies. I have the room for all four of us, but the layout isn't really set up for having kids, two kids under three. Um, Buying a house is a whole project. The lenders want your third grade report card, your blood samples. It's just a lot of work. And then the prepping of my house for sale in the midst of all of this, you know, we add the novel coronavirus to the situation. You keep a two-year-old at home for days on end, you've got yourself a real party. But that's not what I started to think about when I sat down to write my newsletter. When I sat down, I was thinking about how going into 2020, I kept hearing things uh, like, this is gonna be the year of vision, of focus, of clarity, and, Does 2020 not have your undivided attention? If 2020 hasn't made things crystal clear to me, I don't know that anything else ever will. So let's talk about the definition of vision straight from the dictionary. Vision is the faculty or state of being able to see. It is the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. The state of being able to see. And these short three months of 2020, I've been able to see some people that were pretty close to me for exactly who they are versus who I wanted them to be. None of us are perfect. And I spent a lot of time judging myself while not judging others. 
We're raised not to judge. As 2020 approached, my gut went into overdrive and I found myself constantly questioning it because sometimes I'm a person that will trust until proven guilty, which let me just tell you is not the best idea. Joe Navarro, who's a retired FBI special agent and the author of Dangerous Personalities says, we have a keener sense of judgment than meets the eye. He says, whatever you want to call it, it is often an intangible feeling that we have that something isn't right, that something is odd or weird. Um, It can be about a location in a darkened neighborhood or someone we meet for the first time. He says, if your hair stands up, your hands start to sweat, your throat becomes dry, or your heart starts pumping when someone walks into the room, it's time to tune into your body's way of quietly telling you something's wrong. So sometimes, you know, I have felt like there's just this ringing feeling um, when someone is speaking, maybe telling me a story, their facial expressions, and there's just something that you're like, I don't know what it is. It just doesn't sit well. And I have to tell you guys that for weeks on end, I sit in therapy sort of questioning, like, I don't know what it is, but I feel something, right? It's like, I don't have any proof, but I feel something. And so he says, the first thing to do is recognize your feelings, um, And that further establishes the idea that sometimes listening to your gut is the way to go, regardless of what we're told about judging people. Sometimes you just have to do that. And sometimes I do that in social situations. You'll be in a situation and you're like, you know what? I don't necessarily feel safe. This is just not safe for me. And sometimes we don't want to let the other person know that we don't feel safe because we don't want them to feel judged. And it's like, you know what, you got to put yourself first and it doesn't matter if something's going to happen or not. You don't need to be hanging around long enough to find out. And so I feel like that was the 2020 sort of just like that was the beginning of my year. Anyway, as life would have it, the universe swept each and every person I had ever had those feelings about right out of my life without me even having to do anything. 2020, you did that. 2020 allowed me to be able to see. Admittedly, I was down on myself for not seeing the signs earlier or choosing to ignore certain things. And my therapist reminded me that I've had my head down keeping a multi-million dollar business alive with no prior experience, very few contacts, doing everything from scratch. And she's like, you just can't do both. And I think that is the grace that I have been extending to myself is that when you, it's very difficult to succeed at everything at once, right? Something inevitably suffers. And I think this year has really provided the clarity for me around what has been suffering in my life and what really needs more of my attention. Um, let's think about this time that we're in right now. The world has literally come to a complete stop for most of us. What can you see right now? How's the health of your relationship or situationship right now? How's your relationship with yourself going right now? How accommodating has your job or have your clients been to you right now? Who just let you go in a heartbeat? It's business 
And we know these kinds of things have to happen. But you need to think about this when you're beating yourself up for taking a day off or nervous about looking for a greater opportunity. Without thinking twice, your job will dismiss you if they have to. So do what you have to do. A lot of us are feeling really vulnerable right now. A lot of us are really in need of help. It could be financial. It could be a listening ear. It may just be having someone to help you navigate these next few weeks or these next few months or even the rest of the year. My favorite person to turn to when I start talking or thinking about vulnerability is Brene Brown. Watch the TED Talk, um, read the books, Darren Greatly. Um, So I'm going to just go through some of her gems that have been carrying me through. She says vulnerability is basically uncertainty, risk and emotional exposure. She said she spent a lot of years trying to outrun or outsmart vulnerability by making by making things certain and definite black and white, good and bad. She says she was in She was unable to lean into the discomfort of vulnerability, limiting the fullness of the important experiences that are wrought with uncertainty, love, belonging, trust, joy, creativity. How many of us feel that in our souls right now? I am queen, certain, and definite. I am queen, black and white. It's taken a lot of years and therapy to learn to live in the gray, to not necessarily have an answer or task myself with coming up with one with a self-imposed deadline. She says, vulnerability is about showing up and being seen. It's tough to do that when we're terrified about what people might see or think. And I love doing Q&As on my Instagram live. And a question that I get almost every time that I open up the questions is, you know, how do you live your life not being concerned about what people think? And for me, I know that I am a vulnerable person that I don't have a lot of, I don't really struggle with being upfront about like sort of what I'm going through or what my experiences have been. And I mean, I've done that for how many years now, eight years now on this podcast. And a lot of this, I've shared a lot of things and I never, I've never gotten anything, but just sort of like people understanding and relating to me because of that. And so Now is not the time to be terrified about what people might see and about what people might think. Um, If you need help, you need it. And don't be afraid to say it. I've been reaching out to some of my really good girlfriends, my creative friends who I know might be struggling right now. And I'm like, hey, if you need a lifeline, holler at me because now is not the time for pride. Like now is the time for us to be vulnerable Brene says vulnerability sounds like truth and feels like courage. You know, it's like you have to have the courage um, to stand up and and state your needs and, and let people know what you're going through. And just because they aren't comfortable doesn't mean that they make you weak. And that is from your girl, Brene. Now, let's get into the vision as the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. This one has me really excited. Um, I know it might be difficult to use your imagination in this moment because none of us could have ever imagined this, but 
You are now much wiser than you were just a few weeks ago. You now know to stay ready. What is going to change for you when this is all said and done? What do you definitely know you're going to do better once we're able to get back outside and the economy gets back to normal? I asked this on my Instagram and many mentioned that they need to really save up those six months of living expenses for a rainy day. Now, I will be honest with you, I have done that. And I have had my mind wrapped around good, healthy money habits for quite some time now. And so that's what I always say. You know, if you don't know what to do with a little money, you definitely won't know what to do with a lot. And so um, you don't need a ton of money to have better money habits. You really don't. Um, One of my favorite books that I and apps that I really have enjoyed, these people, they don't, you know, they don't pay me anything. I just, I, I really like their method is you need a budget. So there's a, I think it's you need a budget.com and the, the app is YNAB. And I really like the way they help explain budget. So if budgets make you nervous, um, you budgets stress you out, try, try this plan. I think you're going to like it. Um, Many realize they spent far too much money eating out. You know, some have recognized that they don't exactly enjoy spending time with themselves and really need to cultivate the relationship that they have with themselves. So that got me thinking, okay, this is something else that I want to talk about. I want to talk about having a good relationship with yourself and what having a good relationship with yourself means. It means, well, for me, I think it's like, when you feel really good, what does that look like to you? What does that feel like for you? And maybe you can just write that down so that it's like when I am at my best, you know, uh, this is when I have a good relationship with myself. Um, This is when I have a healthy relationship with myself. But having a good relationship with yourself means you have to have a plan. You have to set goals for yourself. You can start with really small daily goals and build out to those broader, more long-term goals, but you need all of those goals. Um, You aren't really being good to yourself without a plan. And so that got me to thinking about, okay, we can get into all kinds of plans, but let's talk about the kind of plan that we need now. And the kind of plan we need now is a crisis plan. We need to have this plan. Probably should have had this plan in place before, but it's not too late to get it in place now and to just have it in place for the future. And so um, I turn to whenever I'm looking for these kinds of things, you guys know when I do these podcasts, I have these ideas and I really feel like I know what the hell I'm talking about. But then I'm like, okay, let me find some experts to back me up. And so the expert I found today is John Forsyth. He is a PhD director of the Anxiety Disorders Research Program at the University of at Albany State University of New York. And he says one of the first and most critical steps in surviving a crisis with grace is acknowledging that you've hit rough times. You know, he says, our culture says that it's not okay to feel pain and stress, but when we sidestep our inner anguish, our lives then morph into being all about avoiding pain. And I know what that feels like. I know what it's like to spend a lot of your life avoiding pain. Um, And so in this moment, I would encourage you to feel the feels, you know. Um, I learned that probably some years ago is that it is okay to feel pain and stress. And 
you know, the other day I did an Instagram live and I was telling people that I had had a really rough week to the point that like, it really did bring me to tears. And I really, I won't say that like the, what happened brought me to tears. It was just a friend that I called after this experience, um, sent me a message like just before I was going to go upstairs to kind of wind down for the night. And the message was just like, I'm really proud of you. Um, just these things. And it's like, even just thinking about the message, I'm all getting all misty eyed now, but you know, just, and, and just saying that it was okay for me to feel how I felt because I was upset. I was angry. I was disappointed. And just saying, you know, I'm really proud of you. And I totally understand why you feel this way. And I had mentioned that I had like, I was sad that past week and that I had cried. And someone was like, oh, that's just the pregnancy hormones. And it really ticked me off because it's like our culture always is like, oh, you weren't really sad or that wasn't, you weren't really, you know, that you weren't really disappointed. It was your hormones. It's like, nah, sis, hormones or not. Your girl was sad, tears, crying. And we just have to start giving ourselves that permission and start giving other people permission. And I know how uncomfortable it is to sit and watch someone be sad, right? Um, and I, I had kind of talked about this in therapy. I'm, I'm going off on a tangent just a smidgen because you guys know how I get. But we were talking in therapy about how I have finally gotten to a point where I have learned to be okay with the anxiety that kind of passes over me when someone is angry with me and not feeling the need to react or defend. It's like just accepting the fact that someone is angry and someone being angry with you doesn't necessarily mean that you've done anything wrong. And so I think that I have made like these crazy strides. So that's why when people are like, how do you know therapy's working or how do I like measure? It's been a long time, but it's really, you know, I know that like I'm growing when I can just sit across from someone or, or interact with someone that I know is, is 2.0 live it with me and not feel the need to, to react. And so I think that learning to just feel the pain, feel the stress, and even, you know, not necessarily, and even if, you know, the other thing I was talking about, about experiencing anger is not, has nothing to do with this, but I just wanted to share sort of just like that growth of being okay with our feelings. Um, so, uh, the clinical director of the Mind Body Program at the Emory University School of Medicine, Charles Rayson, says research shows that resilient people respond appropriately to acute danger, then quickly disengage when it's finished. Mm-hmm. I love that. Non resilient types, he says, tend to keep chewing on the danger long after the crisis has passed. And so that's just some awareness that I wanted to bring to your attention and just to make sure that we're going to feel the feels. We're going to deeply feel the feels. You're feeling stressed. Um, you're feeling pain. Uh, but we are going to be as resilient as we can possibly be. We're going to respond appropriately to what's happening in our lives. And then we are going to quickly disengage when it is finished. We are not going to drag this on and drag this out. And so one of the tips 
um, that, that Charles Racing gives. He says, schedule appointments with yourself to worry and then problem solve. This is not something you want to deep dive in all the time, but make an appointment with yourself like, okay, this is the time that I'm going to worry. And this is also the time that I'm going to problem solve my worries. Um, so back to the first uh, doctor that I mentioned, John Forsyth, he says, a way to achieve um, perspective in all of this means that we have to reprogram that little voice in our head. And he says, rather than think I'll never survive this, try, I'm having the thought that I'll never survive this. I love that because this gives you the space, you know, to know that we are not our thoughts. And that is difficult at times is that we start to believe what's racing through our heads, right? It's like, we are not our thoughts and we have choices. Um, And we can recognize, he says, you recognize the presence of a troubling thought, then let it go without getting more involved in it. And so I really love that. And um, the gentleman that kind of wrote the article that helped me pull all of these pieces together about the crisis planning is a gentleman by the name of Mark Matusek. He wrote a book called When You're Falling Dive, Lessons in the Art of Living. And I'm going to wrap this up by saying, by quoting um, him from this book, he says, joy is not just about being happy. Joy is a rigorous spiritual practice of saying yes to life on life's terms. It's been great chatting with you guys. I will return again. Have a good night.